0: Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steph March. I'm Stephanie Hanson. And we are here on my talk 1071 to tell you about all the good things to eat and drink in the Twin Cities. Yes. And all the fun things to do. And usually uh, that starts out with our top two in our two.
1: Giving the, the O1 oh, top. One, two, 1 one, two. And now the one, two, Weekly one, Dish one, presents. Top two, top two. The top two.
2: Pick your best two. It's
1: or two.
2: All right, give me two. With him, with
0: him, with All with right, him, this him. is the time of the show, you guys, where we just tell you about a couple things we might be slightly obsessed about this week. And do you want to go first or do you want me to go?
1: I'll go first. Okay. Okay. So I had a dinner party last weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a whole weekend of entertaining. You did. You went from dinner party to brunch, too. I did. I had a dinner party Friday night or Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I had a ladies' brunch. And if you're not a big entertainer, can I just recommend ladies' brunch? It's yeah. the easiest meal to cook. You can just put fruit out, yogurt, and then, like, make a tart or make a quiche or any simple thing. Deviled eggs. Yeah, like, my friends were so appreciative, and we had mimosas and just sat around. It was really, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um, here's what I made. I knew that a bunch of my people were, one was Whole30, one doesn't eat, blah, blah. So I made red uh, hash, which is beets. Squash and potatoes all roasted up with thyme. And so I had that. And then I had onions, peppers and kielbasa Mm -hmm. that I Hasselbacked the kielbasa. And I put that on top of the sheet of onions and peppers when I was roasting it. And I shellacked it with a combination of apricot jam and honey mustard. It was so good. Was it so good? It was incredible. Not too sweet because I, you know, I can't like do too sweet meat. No, because I mostly was going with the mustard side. Okay. And mixed it. Because I'm thinking
0: like that apricot and mustard would be a perfect sort of like. It was really
1: good. As long as it wasn't too honey, honey. It was really good. And it got like kind of dark on the top. Yeah, it did. Like, it was sexy. Yeah. It looks weird on Instagram if you don't know what it is, but yeah. there is a picture there. <laughs> I, it was so easy because I made the hash like basically the day before mm-hmm. and then just heated it up again. And then I just popped that pan in the oven and I had to shellac it a couple times. But while we were doing that, I was tricky mimosas with my friends. Yeah, it was a great meal. My dinner, on the other hand, which was super good. Yeah, was complicated. Oh. I tried to do the whole thing in the instant pot. Yeah, I had too many dishes going. Mm-hmm. I was transferring from one instant pot to the slow cooker because yeah. I made a chickpea thing. And by the way, just in hindsight, everyone maybe doesn't love Indian food.
0: Yeah. By the way, that might be um, <laughs> it an entry risky... point.
1: That was a risky one you did. Um, I thought with your crew that it, that it was gonna it be okay. all worked out. Like I had rice, I had a chickpea. Did someone tomato. actually be like? Uh? No, but to be fair, um, Fallon came over from a different radio station and she had just announced that she was pregnant. Oh, that's so different. at 12 weeks of pregnancy. I was like, oh, I hope there's something that you feel good about eating. She seemed like she did OK. Yeah. I had naan and yogurt sauce and all the stuff. <coughs> so here's my top two an hour or two to get to the point. <laughs> I'm going to give you the recipe for the sausage and peppers Hasselback because it was super easy. You could also do this on the grill, I think. Um, and then serve it. Yeah. And just the hassle back is just a way to make it look pretty for entertaining.
0: Well, not only that, but it's uh, you get more crunch out of a sausage when you hassle back. I thought it uh, so, I it's more that it surface area. The fat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. And it's more surface area so that you get more of that. Like you get more of the edge to it. It's like a brownie thing, you know, right. the edge of the brownies. But it's so because actually I brought Jake a sausage cutter. For Christmas, that's a thing that you roll over your sausage and it like makes these little cuts into it that are like crosshatches like this. And so what that does is it gives you more of that. It crisps. There's more edges to crisp.
1: I didn't even know there was such a thing. That's well, it's a
0: total like, you know, it's like a something you found on BuzzFeed. Pretty much. (laughs) It's something I think I found on like, yeah, Vat19, you know, which is one of those things. Um, But yeah, so those are really good. I love that. Good job. Well done. All right. I'm going to give you. Uh, one of my favorite things. I'm gonna just tell you, my favorite thing of the week is Allianz Field. I got to preview the soccer stadium, and oh my god, I am in love with it. And yes, yes, I am a soccer player, and like I will never not be one, even though I, my knees won't allow me to actually play the sport anymore. Um, I, you guys, that stadium is the best stadium on the planet. And it looks really
1: amazing. <laughs>
0: it's beautiful and it's elegant, but not. Like it, you don't feel out of place. It's completely accessible. It feels great. It's got great touches. The design and the color is perfectly beautiful. And like grays and blues and the loon and the wings and the whole thing. I just can't tell you how much I. It was just a great. Like if you don't love soccer, at least go to one game. That's it what looks I'm saying. It's real say. fun. So one of the things that is great about it, and that is a part of it, is that they have a brew hall on the edge of it that is going to be open to the public year-round, even non non-game days. Oh, I like this idea. Isn't this great? So you can go, and this is my point, if you don't love soccer, you should at least go to the brew hall, pop in for lunch, grab a beer, and look at the stadium, you know, because you don't have to, non-game days, it's still open, and you can see it. Um, On game days, it'll still be, you don't need a ticket, you can go to the brew hall and still be there while the game is happening. Oh, is that smart?
1: I, I think I'm gonna do this. A I know, lot.
0: I know. And then there's a roof deck, but you do need to have it, you do need to have a ticket to buy a roof deck. But you know, you can buy standing room only tickets and then you can get on the roof deck.
1: That is really exciting. I know.
0: So it's a lot of fun and I love Dolly Field. Okay, what's your second?
1: Um, same kind of theme, and not to belabor it, but I always think people are looking for good recipes. Um, Alice Waters has an almond cake. That is a very simple cake that you make in a blender or you make in a food processor with almond paste. So you blend all the stuff up and then you pour it into your springform pan or you can use another type of pan and you bake it. And it's the perfect cake for spring because it's light, it's airy. You could serve it with raspberries or a raspberry zhuzh or blackberries or if you're doing it in the wintertime, you can serve it with an apple compote. In this, you could just serve it with like a sprig of thyme, like something super fresh and green and lovely on the plate. So I made this cake and I really wanted like a fluted edge on the cake because I wanted it to look prettier. Mm-hmm. And my springform pan turned out is up at the cabin. So I didn't have one. Yeah. And then it overflowed. <gasps> the whole thing overflowed in my oven. And I have a picture of it. It was like running down the sides of the oven. Oh my gosh. Burning the house down. The <laughs> it was just is, a cake wreck. Yeah. But. I was able to, like, with my knife, just hawk off the sides that were overflowing. And then, like, I still got cake. Yeah. Because once I got all the overage off yeah. on the sides, I could still get it out of the fluted pan and it looked okay. What's and it a tasted fluted awesome. Pan? Are you talking about like, like a tart pan? Oh, it's a tart. So it was a low tart pan? Yes. Okay. And I knew that it would puff up. But I thought I had, like, enough clearance, but I didn't. Can I give you the
0: tip? I don't know if you, like, did you just do, um, so was it, like, on the edge?
1: It was, like, crinkled on the edge, you know? It was crinkled on the edge okay. and then higher and kind of I cut off around the side.
0: I'll, only, this happened to me, this something happened where I had, a, I had an 8-inch cake pan and I didn't realize the recipe was for a 9-inch cake pan, but I had put in uh, parchment paper on the bottom and around the sides, but I let the parchment paper go up for about another two inches so that it was like a little crown sticking out and the cake continued to rise up through that part
1: but was it still fluted on the edges
0: mine wasn't fluted and that's i'm just saying that's i'm just saying though if you think that you're not going to be able to make something fit do the parchment paper on the outside and like let extend it up a little bit to kind of give it some
1: help yeah that's a great idea and i put powdered sugar on it like it looked totally cute it was fine, but as it was baking, and I didn't have time to make anything else, so I was like, "Oh well, this is what we got. Hopefully, this is gonna work." And Here, then I was like, "Yeah, I, you could cut it into like a trifle." I thought about yeah, that. You but could I, do that and do like a lemon curd or something, but I didn't have any of that in that quick time frame. We did that. Yeah, Joey uh, he had a cake on thanksgiving
0: that he did not he was not happy with and so he ended up like chunking in with and tried to try but i'm gonna like, stop mixing it because now it's getting into a weird <laughs> mucky thing like just let it sit let people scoop you
1: know yes Oh my yes. God. because it, the, like your your instinct is to like stir it and i'm like no yeah you want the big chunks yes and, but this cake is really pretty it would be a great cake for an easter event i'll put a link on weekly dish someone asked you last week when you guys say you're going to put up a recipe where do you put it Yeah, we put it on our Weekly Dish Facebook show page just because that's the easiest way to do it. It's
0: the most accessible for everybody, and it's it's you know what I realized it's not searchable, and our page is not searchable that way, and that's the problem because I because our Weekly Dish Instant Potters is searchable because it's a group, but the Facebook page for Weekly Dish, (coughs) excuse me, is not because I was looking for the Irish cream recipe. Because I knew that I'd posted it before, but I couldn't find it. So oh, have you know to what scroll. this means,
1: Stephanie? We're gonna have to do another thing. We're gonna have to do another page for Weekly Dish Facebook recipes.
0: Yeah. Okay, That's it. it's also we'll on the it. show page as well. It is true; they're so, on the social soap- page. But sometimes Thank I think you, afterwards yeah, of we don't post. You know what I mean? Like sometimes mm-hmm. recipes come up and then they don't. Oh, get I see posted. what you're saying. Of yeah. course, yeah. But you are correct. Um, okay, the last one I have, you guys, is black sesame paste, <laughs> Ooh. which is a weird thing, but I bought it at United Noodles. And uh I wanted to say that I didn't know what the heck I was buying because I was there for sesame oil and then I ended up uh buying black sesame paste and it is an actually like a really very cool thing that lots of people are eating. I use it like peanut butter, you guys. I spread it on bread and it is huh. weird but awesome. Sounds it's kind of gooey, but it's really it's got that nutty flavor, but it's also not like sweet, but it's I I just can't tell you that it's called Nurigoma, which is the, you know how you say black sesame paste in Japanese. Um, and it's basically a thick black, thick black paste. And then you just, you, put, you can add it to baked goods. I if you like want a sesame thing in a black color, you can put it in rice cakes. You can put it in smoothies or oatmeal or anything. It's kind of dramatic and it's kind of awesome.
1: You've been upside down in the world of Asian food for most of the winter.
0: Yeah, I kind of have. You're right. I've been making, I've been congeeing like a freak. I have been finding all of my comfort in Asian food. Apparently. Yeah. I like it. Also, I used that black sesame paste on the pork belly that I braised for the ramen. That's the funny thing. I did that pork belly for ramen specifically. That looks really good. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of an interesting thing, but it's, uh, you can also make, if you buy black sesames, you can make the paste. And all you need is like whole black sesames and, you know, a couple tablespoons of honey. Because it's supposed, you know, it's kind of got to have that. And then you just roast them. All you need to do is you roast the black sesame for about two minutes uh, in a pan, you know, and then you remove it. And then um, once they come to room temperature, they cool. Um, You put them in a food processor with honey, with like four tablespoons of honey. If you're doing like, you know, like a half cup of sesame paste. So it's interesting if you I mean, if you're looking for something a little bit, if you're looking for different flavors, if you're bored of the same old flavors and looking for something different, that's kind of fun.
1: Uh, I, black garlic too is, is getting a lot of play. Yeah. Are you cooking with that at all?
0: Uh, uh-uh. uh I don't, I just, you know, I don't know why I just, I, cause you know, I, I do know I have plenty of garlic that's accessible and I like fresh garlic. I always buy the bulbs. Yep. I, you know, I don't have black garlic available to me yet. You know, like, it's not like,
1: are you making garlic in your garden? Growing it? Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't last year, but I'm going to do it this year. I think I'm going to tail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know we have to do that.
0: Alright, well there we go you guys We're going to take a quick break When we come back We are going to talk about Some new finds in, in, Sort of in the vein of discovery For Mr. Ty Tenander Yes We'll be right back This is the Weekly
1: Dish I Hi, this is Stephanie ride. Hansen. I <laughs> don't know why that's so funny Why did you
0: just It's like you were answering The phone or something <laughs> like, like we haven't been sitting here For already Who are An you? hour and 20 Bosse minutes Bossy pants? Yeah That's Stephanie
1: March. (laughs) It just felt like you were answering the phone. I just got panicked because I opened the microphone and, oh, boy, nothing's getting past you today. I know. And we're going to lunch, so imagine that. Yeah, right. Ty, welcome to our show. (laughs) Thank
2: you. We
1: are here with our friend Ty Tenander from Ulta Creative. Ultra Creative. Yep. Um, I want people to follow you on LinkedIn, too, because you... You guys do product packaging and development and your LinkedIn stories and your LinkedIn. You're really featuring a lot of the package design that you've worked on. And you guys do such good
2: package design. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're very fortunate to be able to do it.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And you are based in Minneapolis and you went to Expo West. Yes. Do you want to explain what Expo West is for listeners?
2: Yeah. So Expo West is a natural food show that takes place in California in March and then that's Expo West and Expo East is typically in the fall in New and York that's in um, the D.C. area. Oh, it is in D.C. Yep, the fancy food show is in New York. Yeah, okay. in June. Yep. But um, really what it is, is new brands launching into the natural and organic space or companies that are existing in that space, but just launching new products.
1: And this was uh, like a gigantic show. It's all the rage. So I wanted you to come back and tell us some of the trends and some of the things that you're seeing from the show.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, last time I was here, we talked about CBD. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that by far, CBD was the biggest trend to be hitting Expo West.
1: And just your personal opinion, and I know that you work with some of these brands. Do you feel like it's a real legitimate thing and people
2: are just like... It's completely legitimate. I mean, I really do think, and I say this to people too, like when our kids are older, like if you have really young kids and they're older... They're not going to know a world that didn't have CBD products all over the place. Got it. So it's really, it's kind of that um, natural oil that's derived from the cannabis plant. So it's not the THC, but it's the CBD. So it's not psychoactive. And it was in everything from waters to sodas to bars to tinctures to candy to deodorant to lip balm. Like everything had CBD in it.
0: And what's the benefit that, I mean, like talk about like why that is.
2: Yeah. So the benefit is it's. It's natural and it's a way to take the edge off and de-stress. And that's really what people are using it for. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of people that in the morning they will take a tincture, like put it under their tongue and like go for the day. It doesn't, it, there's no psychoactive pieces of it. So obviously. You're not getting a buzz. Correct, you're not stoned, But you're just, it's taking that edge off and being able to deal with your day. Mm. Lots of brands, lots of um even for dogs, like we saw so many dog CBD brands right I've now. i tried
1: it. I don't think it worked for her, but really? I, I'm willing to try it again. I have an anxious dog and I just did a Facebook live about it because I've been trapped the whole week
2: Oh, dealing yeah.
1: with my anxious dog because I can't leave the house because she's so stressed out.
2: Right. And so really like people are finding this as like a saving grace because they're like, I don't have to feel bad because I'm leaving my dog. Like, yeah. They're going to be okay. And so lots of new brands. Natural Elevations is one that we just launched for Twin Cities Entrepreneur. Um I think there's gonna be natural more natural elevations, cities.
1: it's called natural okay.
2: elevations. Yep. Ethan Reynolds, um, smart guy. Um a few brands under that though, under C B D, like recess is sparkling water, snack, S N A A C is Bars, and then pause, P A W S. That's for, for, for your dog. Okay. Yeah. Um another big one is Animal meat alternatives, which we talk about all the time.
0: This is major.
2: Yes. So when my business partner, Julia and I were at the show, every single booth that we would come up to where there would be like people four feet or four people deep, it really was the animal meat alternatives booth that people were trying. Um, You guys have tried the Impossible Burger. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about that. Um, Light Life. I don't know if you've ever tried that before. But it's alternative beef, alternative sausage, alternative chicken. You can buy it at Lund's and Barley's. I Mm. think they're out of Chicago. Um, Great, great, great products.
1: And it tastes good.
2: It does. It has that texture. You know, like five years ago when you were tasting things and it's like, oh, this tastes like plant that's smushed and it's not tasting very well. These have great flavors, great textures. Light life. The searing, light life. Can I
1: ask you a question? So you're at the store. Yep. Tell me why you would buy those instead of buying meat, unless you're like a vegan person.
2: No. That would be the main reason. Yeah. Also, like this whole trend of being a flexitarian. I think people are just Pegan. looking for alternatives. Exactly. Remember the
1: vegans?
0: They uh, like, they do they like might, meat
1: flavor. Yeah,
0: well, they might like, they might do meat like two days a week and then go vegan the rest of the time. So it's like they're paleo and vegan. So they Got may it. they may just like balance it a little bit. So right. they are they may still want, they may still like have a steak or something on like the weekend or something, but then they may eat alternative meats Got through it. the week.
2: And even if you're just caring about the environment, right. like New York, I'm sure you guys have heard is going to meatless Mondays in the schools. So yeah. they're not going to have any meats on Mondays I love in public that idea. schools. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, not uh, it's harder driven. for me because it's one thing that I always worry about. And this is just a whole nother show, but is when you say it's healthier. I mean, I get it when it's supposed to be right. something to give the plant, you know, like the resources on the planet a break so that you can meet
1: consumption goes down. But when you say it's healthier, that it scares me because well, it let's isn't talk for about everybody. that because you brought in some cauliflower pretzels. Correct. And we tasted them.
2: And what did you think?
1: <laughs> Who made them? First of all, um, uh, here's what. So, Stephanie pointed Breathly out. treats. Yeah. Okay. The bag, they stink. Well, you open, and I, the first thing I did when I opened the bag, I was like, "Whoa, there's yeah. that sulfur. But
0: I mean, I know that from cauliflower. It's like
1: when you open a bag of beef jerky, it also reeks to high heaven. Yeah. The beef burp is horrid. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So, this has the cauliflower burp, as it were. The texture and the taste of the pretzel itself, I thought was fine, yeah. Steph.
0: Yeah, no, I like. I mean, like, you definitely know that it's got a cauliflower side to it. It's cassava as well, I think. Or, Correct. Yeah. And so that's, you know, and it's got to crunch like a pretzel. After a couple of those,
1: I'm fine. Like, and with I, dip, I'd I don't be fine. Mind it. But here's my problem 15 of those pretzels had 112 calories and 23 grams of carbohydrates. So, Correct. what is healthier of, about eating that? Right. Like, we're just subbing. It's like the whole low fat craze of the 1970s, right. is right. how I feel exactly. we're moving.
2: And truthfully, I think it's just and we have clients that do this, too. It's like, how can we hide some vegetables into a product yeah. and get our kids to eat it? Yeah, it's very similar to that. Well,
0: okay. and that's gluten free. A pretzel that's gluten free. So that would be healthy for a gluten free yeah. person.
1: And if you're gluten free, you're probably not. Like maybe you're doing it for health reasons, but you might be doing it for reasons of celiac. But if you're doing it for like reasons of trying to maintain your weight or oh. not eat all of that stuff, you're eating all that stuff in just a different
2: form. Yeah, that's probably not the reason that you'd be yeah, going no, for Yeah, no, that's
1: these. different. But yeah, I think if you can't eat gluten and you still crave a pretzel, then that's a good yeah. thing. yeah. You also brought in these thin and crispy sea salt and vinegar chicken strips made with real chicken and tapioca flour. You guys have had one. Yeah. I'm going to have one on the So this is here. like
0: chicken in a chip. We were saying it's like chicken in a biscuit, laughing about that. But this one, because it has the salt and vinegar on it too, that's like an extra boosted flavor.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, they have a tang. I'm not going to lie. I said that they're huh. a little bit skin flavored you
1: know like chicken skin the aftertaste definitely yeah but it's it's a lot i loved it until the aftertaste yeah now i feel like i want to barf yeah it was so good up front like it was salty it had that salt and vinegar tang a little oily it had a little like flavor of the chicken like chicken skin i love chicken skin but whatever is happening in my mouth now that's still there is disgusting it's
2: hard yeah
1: do you know what I'm saying by yeah, that? Yeah, I do know what you're These saying. These are wild brand cooked with coconut oil thin and crispy sea salt and vinegar chicken chips. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Oh, now <laughs> I have chicken like raft. <laughs> I'd love to feed these to my dog, though.
0: But there's, you know, there's, and the snack category, I think, is always, you know, I was at General Mills and they were talking about snack categories, always booming. And people are trying to figure out snacks. And like, do they go healthier and still be a snack? Do you go indulgent? Right. You know, how do you make that Or do that you come? add
2: a little bit of healthiness, like with the chicken, for example, but still be bold with the flavoring? Because right. Because people want bold flavor. Right. They're not willing to give that up. Even if they want to eat healthy, they still want something that's bold.
0: Did you see a lot of Indian snacks? I was reading about the Indian flavorings being, you know. Know, like the Boomy. dried chickpeas with yeah. turmeric yeah. and ginger. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. Well, even um, I wrote this down. Um, curcumin. Yeah. Which was in a lot of products when we were out there. Yeah. The anti-inflammatory. What's curcumin? Yeah. So it's it's like a derivative of the ginger plant, yeah. but oh. it's an anti-inflammatory. Cool. So whether it would be like a Nature's Way putting something out like that, or if brands are actually putting it into their products, um, it's also used as. Uh, like a natural coloring for products as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Was there anything that you were just like, I love this, like blown
2: away, loved? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things is, I don't know if I would say I loved it as much as I thought it was interesting, is the whole um, collagen piece, like brands trying to get collagen into as many things as they can.
1: Is If we eat collagen, that's not going to necessarily make us have more collagen, is it?
2: Well, I mean, they're going to say, obviously, that it's better for your skin. It's going to help your nails grow. It's going to have your hair looking suppose, healthier. Yeah.
1: yeah. I eat, I take biotin tablets, Maybe. so I don't have thinning hair. So why not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is age. This is all combating age, people. That's right. How Ty, thank you for always keeping us on the cutting edge. Still I'll good. post on Weekly Dish some of the things that you shared with us. So if people want to check them out and try them, they can.
2: Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks for guys. Being here.
1: Thanks, Hey everybody! Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Hope is eating the chicken chip. What'd you think, yep. Obi? What do you think? So,
0: oh, I get it. The after, <laughs> the aftertaste. the tang. Because it started mm. out good, didn't well, it? But yeah. do you think you have to have a couple of them? Because sometimes I feel like you have to get a couple, and then maybe you're used to the tang. Mm, I, I did a couple of them, and I was like, okay, well. But it just is. It, it t- wasn't the a tang, little too it was oily. Was the aftertaste
1: for me. that bugged me?
0: Yeah, the aftertaste. Yeah, it's a little too oily. It's like for me. good, and then it's like, oh, okay, seven grams of protein in those chips, mm. though. How you know, not know. Hope <laughs> is still choking down on the aftertaste. Yeah,
1: like it's real. Well, bad, I wanted isn't to get. I
0: wanted to give it one more chip. So. I know. Well, I mean, okay. I yeah. The, even if I find it unpleasant, I can easily power through a couple just to see and make sure. Because I will say those pretzels. The first one, I was like, well, eh, eh, but by the third one, I was like, yeah, okay, I would. I would dip that in hummus. Like that oh, would yeah. be great.
1: I like the pretzels. Yeah, mm-hmm. the pretzels were doable, but they didn't like unless you're gluten. Sensitive. Why would you no, eat I, a cauliflower I, yeah, pretzel no, that I has the only, same amount of crap, calories, yeah. carbohydrates, whatever?
0: that highly to become something other than what
1: it is, you have to think about it. We're going to end up being like weird pew'd, pew'd, food purists. <laughs> I don't think there's... It's weird. I think it's good. I mean, yeah, because some of this, I swear, like I love new stuff. I am all about like alternative things and saving the world and less cows and methane and all the stuff. But some of it is just processing it in a different way, like we did in the '70s when everybody's eating low fat and just getting obese. Yeah, yay! I mean, yeah. I and again for like
0: someone who is gluten free who was looking for a pretzel, like yes. if your kid has celiac and, then and you, that would be fine,
1: one hundred percent. That would be
0: great. And, and that's and like yay that that's there for them. But yes, I just
1: the f- and maybe I need to think about it like that and so stop too. being so like
0: this is just crap. Well, I think also I think you have to kind of the way that I kind of go about it is thinking about health is so different for every person, for different people, which is why, which I think in the past when there was low fat, it was like, that's the only way to be healthy. And so people thought, and also when we're saying healthy, I am zero talking about weight. I, I never mean weight when I say healthy. And so when that is a an issue to me, that's a whole different camp. That's, if you're trying to lose weight, that may not necessarily be about health. That's, You know something different, right? And so when I say healthy, and that's why, like, if you're taking meat, you know, out of kids' meals, you know, meatless Mondays every, and I'm and I'm, then you just at least there should be a protein balance back. Sure, you know what I mean because there's vegetarians who I know who are not healthy, (laughs) because all they do is is eat pasta. No, well, yeah, or cheese, pasta and cheese, and it's like, okay, well, let's get some. So my big thing is about balance. So, I always think that when you all when you eliminate one thing completely, it doesn't necessarily speak to balance.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that.
0: Um speaking of balance, one of the things I wanted to talk about was about some ways to kind of find some balance in your life by maybe giving back and doing some good things. So let's actually start out this discussion with the fact that um let's talk about our bits for kids dinner cuz oh, yeah. that went on thursday right yes thursday afternoon the the bids for kids dinner was put up for 50 people to come join you and i at 56 56 april 4th oh my gosh at it's Create sold Kaden. out so
1: don't call us don't ask us Do you know about what it. time it is supposed to be no like, but i'll find out yeah someone know, okay, was questioning it's okay, probably it like six thirty would be my guess yeah but, um, and i
0: mean you'll get an email i assume all the all the people who got their bids will get an email or some sort of communication about the timing Um, but we're very excited to go and hang out with people who
1: are putting up money for good causes and, you know, we get dinner and we all get to hang out. A bunch of people were like, oh, I'm so excited. And I'm like, well, make sure that you tell me (laughs) and say hi. But then I was like, oh, well, of course, we're going to be there (laughs) in one room. (laughs) <laughs> it'll be really fun thank you to Corey meyer and nikki erpelding and the folks over at create catering and the dining studio for providing it it's going to be a great time
0: yeah and i think maybe what we can even do is do you know we'll have like a nice little social hour in the front half of it so we're not all sitting down right away and just yes. you know everyone can kind of mill about and meet each other that'd be fun maybe we can do some dinner party games <laughs> with, yes. with 56 people
1: you're so funny i
0: know well it
1: feels like Get a, to know your games
0: a big old massive dinner party we might as well have fun right
1: okay yeah we need we'll to strategize that's we, coming up
0: that's all right um so anyway thanks again for everybody for doing that and hopefully we can do more things like that in the future um one of the things i wanted to talk about today was also um a couple of the gofundmes that are happening please because i do think that there's Uh, You know, there's just ways to kind of give back in other ways if you're feeling it. Have you heard about the bull's horn, the (laughs) bullhorn?
1: I can't say bull's Bull's horn horn beer for water. Yes. Okay. they're trying to. I'm sorry, I'm just pulling it up because I lost their place.
0: So what's happening is they um, uh, they have to redo their parking lot. And they want to do it with... I can't find the link. I'm so sorry. Um, They want to do it with... uh, Sustainably. They want to do it so that it does not affect uh, the way that the water systems around their neighborhood work. They don't want to do... They don't want
1: to be invasive. They want to do it... They're close to the river, too. And they don't want runoff and bad pollutants to go back into the river.
0: Um, And so to do that, they kind of have to... um, They have to do it in a way that is more expensive than what they were kind of planning on. So what they're doing is they have a GoFundMe and uh, they're doing a deal where you can basically get uh, if you put money in, you put Uh you kind of help them out with their pledge. Then you get a beer for your money. I like like it. You know, it's like a trade off. And I think that's a really great idea. And simple. Yes, because there's a lot of those things that are kind of hard.
1: One thing that happened, talking about doing good, our friends at the Thirsty Whale Bakery that were in business for one year in North Minneapolis and getting ready to celebrate, Kyle and Megan, their house burned down. Yes. And their dog died in the house fire. So there is a GoFundMe for them. Um, They've already met the goal. But as you can imagine, when you completely need to rebuild your house because it's burned down and you have a one-year-old business as a bakery. Mm Mm-hmm. Funds are not easy to come by. So people have been really generous and we'll put that up too.
0: Yeah. I'm just, and I want to clarify the bull's horn. It says bull's horn beer to save water. And they're looking for $15,000. They've already got 1400, um, you know, 1470. So if you can pop something in, you know, like 25 bucks or something like that, um, they're basically going to do the, the cost of the project is huge, but this might be, this is just a way to help. And they're looking into rain garden, they're going to do a rain garden to treat the lot and the roof runoff. Um, two above ground 500 gallon cisterns with a pump to to use the harvested rain water. Um, permeable pavers at two stalls along the cisterns. Um, you know it's going to be you know different things about concrete rumble strip to the entrance of the parking lot to help overflow with the rain. All these kind of great things. Um can all help if you if you donate ten dollars, you get two beers twenty five dollars, five beers, fifty dollars, ten beers, and so on. so I like
1: that c- exchange of beers for good
0: I do too. I think that's and I think that that's just a really um I, you know it's like Kickstarter is one of those ones that you you often pick your level, but based on this, but GoFundme tends to be just you know handing over money, yep, so I kind of like the fact that it's a little bit more of that um okay, so there's another one from um
1: From up north, Martha's Daughter. Have you heard about that little restaurant up in Duluth? I want you to know that I have heard about it. This is in the, it was the old hot dog stand, right? Was it really? uh, It's near the Sheraton Hotel now, but it was a hot dog stand. A hot dog place. It was like iconic. It had sold hot dogs there for like 100 years. And Kurt and I would always go. It was the Coney Island place.
0: Oh, it was the Coney Island. Right. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, I met her. I met this chef just Uh recently. I met her just the other night. Oh, you did? Um, Yeah. and She She was was, down here? She was down here for the Women's Chef Conference. I'll talk with a little bit about um, where you can get tickets for that in the next break. But um, she, Martha's daughter, it's named for her mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And the chef is Anaya Nika Banda. Uh-huh. And she's really doing cool global dishes up in Duluth. And she said she sometimes has to come down here to just get a little bit of culture on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's really doing cool things in Duluth.
0: She is. And she's uh, she's one of the very few black owned restaurants yes. up in Duluth. And so this is also something that helps, you know, bring around and give voice and, you know, bring around cultural diversity. Um, she just said that, you know, basically she it was a really kind of a rough winter, a rough first year. Um, and that she was a full time student at the University of Wisconsin and Superior uh, studying writing and history when she began this project. Um, and she did underground pop ups and everything else. But um, basically, she's just saying the hard part is that she's hoping that there's another infusion of investment can help carry through some of the things that have just been really rough this year. And for this winter, it's been rough all over. So Mm -hmm. for, especially for a first year business, it's kind of tough. Um, And so she's just looking for a little bit of help. And again, she's looking for 25,000. She's already at 4,800 of the goal, which is nice. And she's going to be using the investment for uh, licensing fees, taxes, settling debts with local farmers, You know, a lot of that is how that all rolls. If you remember, you know, it's like to pay our farming community, we have to get our restaurants up and to snuff.
1: So what I would say about her, too, is she's really kind of a creative soul. Yeah. And really loves the idea of the community building that a restaurant can have. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a lot of those types of restaurants up in Duluth. There are some. And she's wanting to be in that league with the rest of them. So, And
0: I would I would believe that you can absolutely, other restaurants up north, you know, I would think that they would want to help. I'm just saying that the community, I I get that some people are like, well, she's a restaurant, if she can't make it, she should just close. And to me, like, she's a draw for some people in Minneapolis to come up north, and they're not just going to come to one restaurant and leave. They're going to hang out, they're going to visit other places, they're going to do stuff. And so having that peace in your community... Um, you know, a draw like that is something is something good and worth investing in it, I think. Yeah. Okay, you guys are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are wrapping it up. That is my favorite song, by the way. It's Sunflower from Posty on the Spider-Man uh, soundtrack. Love it. Um, all right. Well, today, thanks for hanging with us, you guys. Remember, if you did miss any of our amazing content, you can always pick it up on the podcast, uh, wherever you find podcasts, or you can find it on mytalk 1071com um, where we are all, you know, leaving all of our good stuff. <clears throat> and just remember if you have questions after the show, please post them. Um we didn't you know we don't always get to everything all the time, and sometimes it takes us a couple days to get stuff up. But uh, we try, and we're doing our best. And so. they always remind us, because yeah. sometimes we just like, oh, did we not post that? And yeah. then we go back and do or it. Or sometimes so. I think she's answered a question, and or she thinks I've answered a question, and sometimes they just get crossed. So that is definitely something to be thoughtful for.
1: Someone just sent me last night on Instagram on a message, hey, I'm looking for the ranchero beans that you made in the Instant Pot class with El Burrito. Oh my god! So and I, I found know. it. Oh, you did? I did. I was like, okay. Dude. Dude. Um, Quick moral of the story. Yeah. I had an opportunity this week to go to a happy hour uh, that was talking about the Women's Chef Conference that's going to be coming to the Twin Cities. It came here last year and is coming again. It's a national conference that is about uh, women's voices in the culinary industry. So there's national people coming. There'll be local Carla chefs. Carla Hall was last year. That was an amazing speaking. Yep. There'll be local chefs. Elizabeth Faulkner, I think, mm-hmm. will be speaking this year. Um There's lots of different ways that this comes about, so uh, it starts on Saturday night uh, with a dinner, and then Sunday, there's all-day-long seminars. It's going to be at the Nicollet Island Pavilion. Different things uh, happening in the chef industry, like bro culture, uh, how to get seen in your industry, um, changing the world in the way that they handle food and food waste. Mm-hmm. Food There'll waste be, is a very hot topic. Yeah. And then on Monday, it <clears> comes <throat> back to Nickel Island Pavilion from 9 to 2 and more seminars. And then from like 2 to 5, there's different little breakouts that you can go to around the Twin Cities. I'm going to be working with uh, Midwest Pantry and the Northeast Food District. And we're going to be having a um a tasting event where you can taste different new products and kind of weigh in on them. So, there's going to be lots of fun things. If you're a woman chef or you're a woman in the restaurant business and you just want to uh, be experiencing the uplifting that happens with other women in their business, you can find information about tickets at Women dot com.
0: Yes. And it is Women yeah.
1: Chefs and Restaurant Tours. Yeah. And great. I'll put a link up on our Facebook page too.
0: Um, okay. Uh, a couple of things that are happening to
1: it's happening in April. Did I say that?
0: I don't know. When did, yeah. When is it? April, April 27th. Okay. And it is. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has an industry focus, but I yeah. mean, you know, if you're interested in, if you're adjacent to the industry in a lot of ways, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that yes. kind of apply. So it's not just for chefs. No, it's not, not at all. Um, Bad news. Kelly's Depot bar is going to close. You know, did because you care about they're going to make apartments out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I care because it's, I oddly care because it's like uh, one of the remaining places to see live rock music. Really? Yes.
0: I feel like it's so small. I've never, I don't know. I, you know, quite honestly, they have I've, had live music there. I have only gotten into that bar and sat and had burgers, fries, and beers. Yeah.
1: I, I like a dive bar. And yeah. anytime we lose a dive bar, there's a little pang in my heart for more uh, apartments, condos. I just, I, could feel like I could rant for 20 minutes about all the apartments we're building and I don't know who's going to live in them.
0: Well, I think that there's a lot, they're trying to build the density of the cities and that's a big piece of this. And I understand, I get it. I talked to Jacob Fry about it and it was like by building the density of the city, then you actually support more smaller businesses because there's more people to go and
1: patronize places, i.e., there's also more tax revenue for yep. the city. It's oh, all about the money. I, I totally believe that, that but that is also we
0: need that. Like my dad is
1: was a real estate banker. Yeah, and we're just had. I I don't know how long it's gonna. It, it we're building all these apartments and condos. Yeah, there's not enough people that are going to be able to live in them. It will. We'll have a 20 year lag, and then it'll fill up. <laughs> this is what happened in the 70s and early 80s. Remember River Place and San Anthony, Maine and all the condos over there. And then there was the huge condo crisis that happened to in the North Loop where everybody bought these super inflated condos and then they were trying to fill them.
0: The only difference and I was reading this article and I wish that I would have had I wish that I could remember who and what, but it was talking about the generational difference between that and this and that the fact that we no longer have this this uh, cultural identity of buying a house. And that is something that many of the millennials and then the Gen Zers are because of their global sort of perspectives, they don't feel like they need to set down those
1: roots and buy a house. And so I one hundred percent agree with that.
0: And so the the idea that being that there is the potential for them to take root in the city in uh, multi, you know, family density type living quarters is greater.
1: But at some point, like an example is um, my mother-in-law's rent is $1,900 for a one bedroom. Yeah. You know, at some point, it doesn't make sense when you can buy a house for $1,000. But they
0: don't want that.
1: The responsibility that goes along with the house is so much greater than that extra bucks. At some
0: point, I think it'll shift out. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great Saturday. Ciao, ciao. Oh, listen to the podcast too that's posted.